Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I am here with my friend, Ash Rathod. Did I say that right? You did. I'm not going to say it twice because I really do kind of suck at last <laughs> names. So, but today is just another day in our, it's just for Design Recharge. It's Mental Health Month. I like to take January because sometimes it can be a very hard month for a lot of people. And uh, after the holidays, usually you have lots of time together and then there can be some really alone time. Plus it's like a cold, unless you're in Australia or in Brazil or south of the, whatever that, I was about to say Mason-Dixon line, but that is not what what it is, the equator, right? It's um, gonna be, it's summer for them, but it's winter for us. And Ash is in the UK and I met him through our mutual friend, Chris Doe in the pro group. And Ash and I, he is a, does marketing and advertising in the UK and we had an awesome conversation. I don't even remember when, maybe in the summer or something. Mm. And then, then he posted 1300 characters, right? On LinkedIn. And I was blown away. So I already thought he was super cool, super talented. And then it, it, you know, when you don't, you don't really know. And then somebody, you didn't think it could get any better, but it, I was like, wow, this was so amazing. So we're going to talk about this stuff. And the title of the show is No More Hiding. So Ash, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for being bold enough to post personal stuff, even on LinkedIn. Thank you, Diane. Yeah, I'm really pleased to be here. It's been a while, hasn't it? I think we last spoke, um, I don't know, August maybe? No, or, no, it was after that, wasn't it? It was It was probably October, November. Seems... Um, yeah, because after you posted, I was ago. like, we've got to talk again because this... Anyway, your story really resonated and I absolutely wanted you to be in um, this month, this particular month because of... Uh, with mental health. So glad to see other people are popping in. Mario's here from Hawaii and Mara McDonald is here from uh, Raleigh. So Ash, um, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about your, just your business and what you mm. do. And then um, you have something you're going to teach us. So I'm going to get you to jump into that after that. But can you just give everybody a little bit of background of maybe what you studied in school and then how long you've been running your business and just kind of like your career path? Well, I'll go back um, to university where I did media and communications, um, and I specialised in script writing, so script writing for film, um, uh, and I just fell in love with, um, you know, story and script writing back then. Um, and then after university, the idea was to get into film, um, um, but... I didn't know what was the best route. So um, I got a job in a TV company doing media sales. Um, I don't think I told you this, but um, yeah, doing media sales. Um, and the idea was to go through the back door and get into the production somehow. Um, that didn't happen. Um, I just, <laughs> I just into sales and I, I I did well with it it wasn't hardcore sales it was you know it was sales dealing with media agencies advertising agencies um, and then I moved into um, creative sponsorship and um, later on I moved into digital marketing um, and but all throughout I was doing I suppose storytelling in a sense um, for business, not the entertainment side of things. And, you know, I quite, I enjoyed that creative side. Um, I then 
Um, fast forward to 2008, 2009, um, I lost my job. The financial crisis hit um, globally. Um, and throughout, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because, you know, probably a year or two before that, I was thinking I need to start my own business. I want to start my business. I want to do something. Mm. But I didn't know what. <clears throat> I just didn't want to work for someone. Um, you know, I had my fair share of bad bosses. Um and so, yeah, it forced me um, into um, redundancy. Um, and then I set my own business up um, and I taught myself, really. I've, I'm not a designer. I taught myself uh, a few things. Um, you've got to love YouTube. You know, you, like I, I learned a lot then and there wasn't that much then. And then, yeah, I picked up a few clients. I actually put them partnered up with another agency. Um, so I was solopreneur, then partnered up with an agency. And then probably more recently, I'd say about three, four years, uh, we went our own way. And um, uh, I've, I've got now got a small team um, who are all remote as well. And they all a freelance um, based team. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. And we've got some great clients. So, yeah, that's, and here love, we are now. I know. So then what kind of, when you're, when you're doing buying for media or something like that, you have specific kind of clients when you're, when you went out on your own, did you stay in that sort of industry or did you branch out and do a different industry? I know it's not on the sheet, but. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's um, yeah. No, the TV world actually, like when I was working in TV and ad agency where I call, you call it sales, but it's not sales really. You know, you've, you've got the, trading um the senior trading teams they handle the 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 business and you've got contracts so you almost like just um planning campaigns for them um uh, on tv and then getting a little bit creative but they were big clients like you know red bull you've got the big fmc fmcgs unilever procter and gamble toyota um disney all of those you know big clients and but we're dealing with the agencies when i went obviously working for myself, it was a total different, I'm starting from zero and I had to learn sales, literally knocking on doors, phoning people, um, networking events, all of those things. So it was a different but, ball game. Altogether. But like, who did you focus on? Like who, did, who were you, who did you want to serve? Like who were your, uh, like, were you in health and wellness or were you in tech or? No, 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 not when I started. And, um, I've only learned all of this recently, you know, through the, maybe through the future, um, positioning and niching down. But before I was like, uh, you know, jack of all trades and go with everyone. Um, but my main client actually then when I did start getting um, the, the bigger projects was um, in recruitment. So the world of work. Um, and that's one of the, one of my main clients today. So um, I deal with the marketing teams in America um uh, asia some in asia but mainly in europe that's really cool and that goes with you being on linkedin so it totally is a great mesh like i i we're going to talk about that in a little bit yeah, but that I didn't now think it, about that. it makes sense it, yeah. like right and i love that i don't know if you made that up or if the um the world of work like is that no a it's a, it's normal a thing. term yeah i think in the industry it's a known uh, is yeah it's it's the world of work it's a beautiful term for recruiting or, you know, uh, yeah. getting people into positions that they love. Anyway, okay, so you've been running your agency for how long now? 
I would say it's probably been um, just over 10 years, just a little over 10 years, maybe 11 years. Okay. And um, you, so I don't know when you want to jump into your deck. I'm going to ask this question and this may pose you Mm. in. We met online through the Future Pro Group and you were passionate when we met. You know, you have this awesome, uh, you redid your garage and you have this awesome yellow, like you have great with colors. I think you should stop saying you're not a designer because I think you're okay. You you may not have a piece (laughs) of paper, but I think you did a pretty good job. Um, And I think you just have that aesthetic in in you and and you, I'm sure, have worked at it. I have to work at it, too. but I would also say you're an amazing storyteller, right? And there are, I didn't know about the script writing. So that makes it even better when it's 1300 characters is which is what you're able to write in a LinkedIn post. Yes. So, so you made this post in September, I think of uh, 2020. I keep saying September. I think it was the end of September, bordering into October, maybe. But yeah, it was around about that time. Yeah. Well, so so you made this post and it like blew up. So do you want to tell them about it? Do you want to talk? Do you want to jump into your deck? What do you want to do? Yeah, um, I th- I think I've um, I I talk about it how I st- uh, you know wh- why I posted that. So yeah, we can go into my deck. Shall I share yeah. my screen? Yes, okay. please. Yeah, no more hiding it. By the way, I love this title. That was from you. Great title, and 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 it really does sum up you know my journey. In if you know we say three three four months, um, it seems a lot longer because and it just shows you what you can achieve on social media in terms of the results side of things um so and i'll talk about that a bit later when you asked me to come on the show i was really honored uh, obviously um but at the same time i was kind of racking my brain um like i was trying to think of ideas of how i can um add value to the people uh, watching so it's not just about me talking about my story so i thought um i'd frame this presentation obviously my story but talk about some general themes that hopefully will resonate with people and those themes and topics are uh, will be uh, under personal branding storytelling mental health obviously um and authenticity not in any order that it'll just you know that my story will just lend to these themes and anyone that wants to interrupt please feel free to um you know any questions along the way I'll be watching uh, the chat for the question. So y'all just holler in. Cool. There is, and this is probably the worst way to start a presentation. <laughs> There's a caveat. <laughs> and but the, see, you're a good storyteller. So you're starting it in a new way. I don't think it's bad. Just keep going. Yes. We call that a pattern interrupt. Mm. A hook. <laughs> anyway, the caveat is that I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a, a mindset coach. And I'm not a counselor, but this is this is a story um, about me. And what I'm going to do is share my story and hopefully it'll um, inspire, you know, if it inspires one person out there, then I'd be really, really pleased. Um, so, yeah, I kind of talked about um, me, uh, you know, a business a little bit about my personal side. I live in a little a small little village uh, on the outskirts of a city called Leicester in the UK. Uh, with my wife and uh, my daughter. I love the work that I do, obviously, with clients, but I found 
I've never really done personal branding. It's always been branding, you know, B2B marketing. It's been, been for the companies. And um, the personal branding side of things that I want to talk about today um, is about, you know, us as people um, getting to know not only ourselves, but other people. And I think that's 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 the biggest difference for me. In mm. fact, even the term personal branding, um, I, I wasn't too keen on that term before. I kind of thought that, um, you know, it thought of it as as commoditizing ourselves in order mm. to sell our products and services. And I just didn't feel comfortable uh, with that. It didn't, you know, it didn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that did change. And this is where the story comes in about what I posted on LinkedIn. So a little over, I think it's about two years ago, my skin started changing and I started getting patchy. It's less so there. Uh, random fact that I've only told you, Diane, but you can see there my eyelashes are also white. I actually, every day, I tint my eyelashes and that's the only one thing that I do to change my appearance. Um, and that's because... I just feel it looks a bit weird me looking at it, not about other people because I've come to terms with that. And I'll talk about that in the story later on. But um, yeah, so this patchy skin and is, is I was diagnosed with uh, vitiligo, which is an autoimmune condition. And I think it was always dormant inside of me, but um, it was triggered off uh, when a very uh, personal time in my life, it was a very stressful time in my life. Um, I had a lot of stuff going on and, you know, on top of that, when this, my skin started turning, um, that had a, an additional knock on my mental health as well. You know, my he- mental health took a real battering. My confidence was uh, an all time low. And what time time period are we talking like? This is 10 years ago. This is. No, this, so this is probably just a little over two years ago. So not very long. But, uh, you know, on, in, in that time, I've I've not shown much of it not to friends uh, and family or some friends and family, um, but it did make a difference to me with regards to my business. Like my, my clients are all over the world. So um, even before COVID out, there was a lot of video calls going on, but I'd make excuses not to be on camera, you know, so I'd, Mm -hmm. I'd make excuses not to socialize as well, like going to see people, you know, outside, but yeah, I'd make excuses not to, to be on camera and, Although it had been two years, I think there was a one point where one of my clients actually asked me saying, how come you don't turn your camera on anymore these days, Ash? And it kind of just, you know, my, uh, I, I didn't know what to do. And the only thing I could do was just send her an email. And I was, again, I was forced to explain to her what was happening. And I said, I'm not feeling comfortable, you know, with what's going on. And it was really nice. The, the response that I got from her was, you know, it was really, really good. And it kind of triggered later on why I posted that post on LinkedIn. So she obviously put me at ease and it was not a problem. But the thing is, it was someone else telling me. It was not me telling me. So Mm -hmm. those problems, again, started resurfacing. So I'd carry on making excuses. Um, Even when we're going out to friends, you know, there'll be things like birthdays and stuff. And I'll say to my wife, Kath, I'd say, look, I'm not going. I don't really want to face people. And it got to the point when my wife was, for my own sake, she says, look, you need to really speak to someone. You need to speak to a counsellor or, you know, someone about this because um, it's not good because she can see me dipping up and down in terms of me being really pre- depressed and down. Yeah. So the problem was I 
I knew I wanted to talk to someone, but I, at the same time, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I, I just, I weren't ready to talk to anyone. So I thought the next best thing for me to do was write it down. Um, I've never been the one to keep a, a diary or anything like that, but I thought I need to write it down somewhere. Let me put it on social media. And um, at the time, I wasn't really using LinkedIn. LinkedIn was, to me, and I think it still is for a lot of people, just seen as a job board and a um, you know brochure site. And I thought that's a good place to put it because it's a way of me actually writing something down, getting it out of my head. And also my clients are there as well. And also my, some of my family and friends that have not seen me for a while. So that's what I thought in all my wisdom anyway. <laughs> I thought that, that, that might help me. So I did post uh, this post and I thought it was the second best thing to do, get it out of my head. I decided, mm. you know, to document it. As I was writing, it was like really liberating just for it to, you know, like I'm talking to someone. And and I even, I just read this back the other day as well when I posted um, about this, the, the, the show. But I was actually writing as if I was giving advice to people, mm. but I wasn't. It was actually me giving myself advice, me making me feel that actually, you know what, this is all right. You're all right being yourself. And that was like the end message. You know, once you embrace this, I promise you will be the best version of yourself. And that's me really talking to myself. And funnily enough, that was the only time I've posted something on uh, LinkedIn without a real strategy or agenda. Um, and I didn't really want many people to see it. Um, so, <laughs> oops, yeah, that didn't go. <laughs> that, that didn't go. I actually, I remember the time it was on my uh, laptop. I typed it out, put it, and I felt a mix of emotions. I felt relieved, but then I also started panicking as well. Like, <laughs> I said, panicking. I thought, what am I doing? Like, this is LinkedIn. Mm. Like, what are you doing? Your clients are on there. You're, you're putting things like this out. And this is LinkedIn. It's a professional site. You, you, you're you a goner. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I put the laptop down. And then the next morning, opened it up again. And yeah, like you say, uh, on this next slide, I'll sh- you know, the, the, the results speak <laughs> yeah, for themselves. <laughs> if 81,000 is not, uh, if that's not a lot of people, um, we got to have some... <laughs> we have to have a talk about numbers, right? Cause that, that's not necessarily what you, that wasn't what you're going for. And no, it wasn't exactly. Yeah. It wasn't what I was going for. And also to, you know, like to put it in context in terms of the views, each of my posts used to get, cause I wasn't that active. It used to get about 400, 500 views per post. So that's why I was quite comfortable writing on LinkedIn. I yeah. thought, oh, you know, see this. So, but yeah, I was wrong. And you're right, Dan, the, the, the most important part of this was the comments that I got, like um, the com- comments on my post, on my feed, but also the DMs. There were people telling me how much that not only made their day, but changed their the, the idea of what they feel, what they feel they can put out about themselves and mm-hmm. confidence and for me, that was the biggest, I thought, hold on, there's something here with LinkedIn. Like not only has it really changed my view of LinkedIn, it's changed my view of the people on LinkedIn. And it makes sense, right? Because at the end of the day, whatever platform you're on, you're just dealing with people. It's like me and you having a conversation. And we often forget this just because it's social media platform. 
yeah, you're going to get idiots, but there's the more <laughs> you really, really do sometimes get a lot, uh, not a lot of idiots, but you know, those trolls, but they are minority. They really are. And, mm. and I think that's the thing that was kind of sticking in my head. And one of the things about LinkedIn, I just thought it was a corporate stuffy place that I never really wanted to be in. But um, yeah, like I said, it, it changed uh, my mind. And that's why I talk about how, the 1300 characters what impact it had not only on me but other people um and then i kind of real pivotal moment for me that um i embarked on a journey to truly be myself on linkedin to be more honest more authentic in my in in my post um again i didn't really have a strategy in terms of the a, a business idea at the in the early stages but one thing I did realize was being myself was a real superpower. It really was not only for me and my personal brand, um, but for my business as well. And going back to the personal brand, I, you know, I used to think that I wasn't really comfortable with that because it's probably because my definition of personal brand wasn't right. And now I think personal brand is just being you, the best parts of you. And that's what it is. So yeah, I've totally reframed that definition. And then, yeah, over the next few months, this led to something else. It led to me pivoting on my business. So I've still got my agency going, but um, I got messages um, from people wanting help with writing content and creating content. And a lot of them were like solopreneurs as well. So I was dealing with corporates, um, with the agency and I've great, great clients. But I, um, then I thought, these solopreneurs reminded me of me, you know, 11 years ago when I was lost my job. And I see, saw it, you know, with COVID as well, obviously more recently, that a lot more people are losing their jobs and, you know, they, and I think just the trend, the desire for people to want to work for themselves as opposed to someone else. So, yeah, I started having really great conversations, made some really good friends as well um, from LinkedIn. Um, I started to learn how the LinkedIn ecosystem work and started, you know, um, developing strategies around it. And not only has it helped me develop um, personally, but professionally as well, because I started getting work out of LinkedIn as well. And this was, funnily enough, this was just me being me, putting the content out there. We talk about the push and pull. And if we talk about the push and pull on social media, we should maybe talk about talk about the 80-20 rule. And the 80 rule, you know, is just talk don't non-businessy stuff. And then 20% businessy stuff, but in stories. So the new business came from people actually being attracted to my content uh, content. So, well, that's also being attracted to you as, as you were honest and you also told them where there was a struggle. You also knew who your audience was, even though you weren't trying to reach them. You might have been trying to reach your friends and family that you hadn't seen in a while that maybe didn't know that you were going through this. And then also your clients that maybe had had some of these Zoom calls with you that you didn't want to come on camera, but it was a barrier. Your this condition, the skin condition became uh, something that was a barrier for you feeling confident or you doing your work to the fullest ability. And I know when we met the first time, I just thought you had this your whole life. Like it didn't seem like it phased you. It just seemed normal. And I, and we didn't even talk about it. Like, mm. you know, it was like, 
me wearing glasses. It's just normal. It, it wasn't a thing. So when when this came out, I was like shocked. I was like, you. I thought you'd had this your whole life. You seem completely confident with it. So I guess that's the other thing. It's like that we are all of us. And this is why I wanted you to come on, because I think we're all hiding something. Mm. We all have something that we are. We think will put a barrier between us and other people if we really tell what that is that thing, or if we let it out or we show it, but what you saw as 81,000 people, they saw it and it connected because it was really true. And you weren't trying to get more work from it, but what happened was just you being you and mm. you trying to stop a communication gap for you so that you had no, no barrier to connect and reach to somebody you said, I'm going to put this out there. And that's what connected to people. It connects to brands because they we're not perfect. Mm. Right. Yeah. No, it's interesting, though, what you said as well. It's um, I had a story in my head. Like, you know, I had a story in my head about what LinkedIn was, what the people were like. Yes. On LinkedIn. And we talk about when in storytelling, we talk about uh, transformation of perspectives and transformation of characters. And that actually happened to me because because I had a story in my head that I was saying. And then obviously this this happened and it totally changed my perception of who these people are on LinkedIn. And the, the great thing about LinkedIn as well, this is uh, one of the algorithm things is that the more uh, content you put that you're comfortable with and uh, will, will attract a certain type of person. And once they start engaging, your content will always be shown to that type of person. Um, so all, all the other people that I talked about being, you know, if they're eyed, it's out there, they wouldn't even be coming into your path. So, you know, that's, that's the great thing. So that's so important. Like, you know, pick your lane. You talked about niching earlier on, pick your lane, be you and put content out for those people. Uh, and, you know, that's the strategy side of it. You also like did a lot of digging. This wasn't, this wasn't the intent, but what happened was you ended up learning a whole bunch about LinkedIn Yeah. from this because it was so you ended up having conversations that you weren't planning on having. You thought you were telling one story to kind of get it off your chest and you end up hearing other people's stories just because you were willing to be vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's difficult, but I would really encourage people to do that because I mean, this nicely takes me onto this slide. You know, your 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 personal brand story, it doesn't have to be an engineered version of you. It mm. just needs to be that authentic side of you. Um, yeah, we're complex people. You know, human beings are complex. We've got, uh, we wear different hats. We have different personalities, but you can take the best parts of you for the platform. It doesn't mean it has to be engineered. Um, and, you know, I think... That's why, again, I, like, I, I don't have a problem with that term personal branding because that, for me, is what personal branding is. Um, and that's also uh, the power of storytelling. You know, it's not just, it's not just marketing strategies. It's, it's, a, it's like universal human characteristics mm. that you display that will always resonate with people. Um, so if you focus on the people and not so much on those algorithms and the likes, then um you're you're halfway there and especially when it comes to storytelling on social media like authentic storytelling it's like you know who, as humans we're we are hardwired for this stuff it touches touches every part of our being it's ingrained in us um so yeah i'd, I'd really encourage people to do that 
and we talked about this, like you go to the doctor and they say, oh, well, you, there's nothing you can do. You can just, you can uh, cover it up or you can, and, yeah. and at some point, if all you're doing is covering up, you're afraid to go out and be discovered, right? It's because you're just continuing. It's a lie about what you, who you're trying to be. Before I came to terms with, before I posted this, I was trying all sorts. There's a UV lights that I was trying. So I literally have to wear these dark goggles, sit in the dark and shine this light on me to make, try making my skin, you know, the melanin activate again. Um, that didn't work. And uh, it probably would have worked, but I got really bored of just sitting in the dark by myself. <laughs> so I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't persevere. And then um, the other thing was the NHS here, which is the National Health Service in the UK, they do have this service called a, a camouflage clinic and there's a waiting list. So I put my name down and it was basically makeup um, to put on you. Um, and I waited ages. And then I remember that letter came through saying, yeah, you're, you're next. And it made me so happy. I was so, you know, I had to drive, I think, it was a couple of hours to the next city because they didn't have clinics in every city. So I drove there. I drove there by myself and they match your skin color. So they were mixing these skin colors and the lady was lovely. She was really nice. Um, and yeah, it was a bit weird, but it was like she was putting makeup. It was like sitting in a, like, I don't know, Hollywood studio. Or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, I got out and then I uh, just like, I remember looking in the car mirror and I thought that looks weird. Um, anyway, I drove back and I thought my wife doesn't mince her words. Like she'll, she saw me and she goes, what happened to you? Like, you know, she was like, this is not you, Ash. This is not, you know, and, and I, I needed to hear that as well. Mm. I, I was like, you're right. It's not me. So I just washed that off. So um, plan B, um, I didn't have a plan B until this uh, post came along, I suppose. Um, but yeah. And, and to me, that's what it's like what are you willing to do to keep covering? Not you. I mean, all of us as we're, we're yeah. all hiding something. Right. And sometimes you just never know who, if it's a business or if it's a, a, a person that you're connecting with uh, somebody that it, you're right. We're not talking just with companies. We're talking to people that work at companies. And so we're creating something, but maybe your quirkiness, your, whatever it is, the thing that makes you different, that you've always tried to chameleon in and be like everybody else, it just wasn't right. And your wife was right. So what I love is that yours was very visual. I'm sure you have some that are uh, that are not visual also, just like everybody else, right? Things that we're trying to kind of do to yeah, fit absolutely. in, right? But that you could say, oh, you're right. This isn't me. Like, this is not how you're supposed to be. And you are better not hiding. To me, that was the message from you. And that's why I think it resonated. Mm. But now it makes so much sense because it is really hard to write 1300 words and actually get the um, impactful statement. Now it makes me feel a little a uh, little bit better because you are a script writer. So like you have, you understand story, you understand all those things. And from this, you realize that there are, it's a real challenge for a lot of people to get a story out, a personal story that would also connect because there's a, a gap to c overcome. Should I even share this? Right. Mm. Yeah. But I, and, and, and to that point as well, Diane, I think um, you talked about, you mentioned earlier on, oh, you need to stop saying you're not a designer. Um, I think everyone's creative. I really truly do believe that. And 
in the same way I do truly believe everyone's a storyteller and everyone has a story. Sometimes you think the things that you're so used to, you think they don't mean anything, mm. um, but they are. It's what makes you you, uniquely you. So you're putting out your story that you might think might not mean anything. You never know who it's going to help. You really don't. Um, and I found that not only with my stuff, the stuff that I've been reading from other people on LinkedIn, not only on LinkedIn, you know, uh, other places, but I learned something about that. And I, I just want to see more of it. And I, was, I thought it was great how um, the future, obviously, the group that we're both part of, we saw a lot of our future family members doing the same on LinkedIn. And um, that was independent to obviously what I was doing, but it was really, you know, Chris, I think Chris, Chris is a storyteller at mm -hmm. heart and he really encouraged that. And it was just great to see. It was great to see the other side of people. Yeah. And I think that's what people felt like with you too. Again, it's, it's very courageous for anybody to share something that is personal and it, it could, it, we all see that this could have been a big distractor for you as a person, right? It could be, it, my quirkiness can be a big distractor if I'm not, if I am not leaning in and I'm being who I am. Cause it's mm. so hard just to try to be like a normal person and not be me. It's harder to do that. So it's, it's just like you having to put makeup on or, or the camouflage stuff. It takes more effort and time and it just isn't true to your nature, but I just love that it was just really about communication. You were just trying to help and and really ended up being this amazing way to connect with so many people. And it uh, changed your business. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, and I'd love to have more of a conversation about that. I, I read a quote. Actually, it was a lyric. It was a lyric um, from a hip-hop artist that I love, Naz. And he says, inclusion is a drug. Um, and I thought that was so true. Like you, you, you want to try fitting into everything mm. and you were where we're missing the most important part. And also, you know, on LinkedIn, I see it as well. Like you, that inclusion is a drug, those likes, everyone wants those likes and stuff, but really those, those things, they are kind of vanity metrics. They, they have a little bit of a purpose, but they don't mean much really. Um, you, we just need to focus on us just being us and telling yeah. our story to the people that matter to us, whether it's your customers or, you know, your friends or family. Yeah, absolutely. The thing here as well is this is the core thing. It's, it's making us feeling feel good about ourselves. But the byproduct here is LinkedIn actually likes it. LinkedIn loves it more than the salesy stuff. And LinkedIn is probably one of those platforms that tell us more about the algorithm than we think if we look in the right places. There's a LinkedIn marketing blog and a LinkedIn engineering blog, and they literally tell you what the algorithm looks for. Um, but the marketing blog, here's a quote from a, um, a product manager, um, or I think it was a former senior product manager at LinkedIn. Be you authenticity is key when members talk about things they really care truly care about in a way that's natural for them genuine conversation around real experiences spark better and deeper conversation better conversation in turns leads to stronger community and connection and that tells you a lot about what they're looking for in terms of the content so you've got authenticity conversation community connection mm -hmm. um 
you know, that says a lot. And a lot, a lot of people don't know this. How LinkedIn works is when you post something, the algorithms will take a look at your post and it'll send it out to a few of only a small percentage of your first connections. And then what happens is if there's a lot of engagement on that post, the algorithm will say, oh, that's a great post. It looks like people might like it. So we'll send it out to a few more of your first connections. Gets more engagement. It goes out to a, a, a wide audience. But before it does that, and this is the part that a lot of people don't know, there's actually human editors at LinkedIn involved. So what they do is like, oh, what's this post? It's doing well. So they'll actually read it. So if it's full of spam and rubbish and, mm. you know, clickbaits and stuff, they'll kill your post. So that's a that's a good tip. Like, stay away from that. It won't do you any good. But the fact that human editors are involved means that these type of uh, quotes mean a lot um, because it's their internal manifesto. So mm -hmm. they will be working towards that. Sorry, go on, Dan. No, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, Dee had a question. So, mm. and I, I think this is really, you're talking about organic reach. You're not talking about page. So she said, is this, do they only do it out for your, you know, 400 uh, first uh, connections, even for a paid subscription or for a paid ad? Uh, I'm not sure you're, you're not necessarily talking about that. You're just talking about. Oh, this is just organic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is when you post something organic and on, to that point as well, it doesn't go out to all your connections. So it starts off with a small percentage of your connections. So I think Facebook and, you know, most social media platforms are like that. Not yes. everyone will see that post. Do you pay for a pro membership, Ash? I, I do pay for a, a pro member, but I don't see a huge difference. Um, I'm still trying to figure out why I pay for it, to be honest <laughs> with you. But um, I think if Dee's asking whether... I'm getting the reach I'm getting because I'm paying them. I don't think that is the case. No. Um, there might be other little things that might help you. Like, I don't know. Do you pay for yours, Diane? Do you? I don't. I don't. Okay. So Dee says she does pay for hers. And she's saying, uh, and I do believe they're not going to show every post to all of your colleagues. Uh, they're still going to have some sort of algorithm. I think when you're paying for it, you are able to see who looks at you. So, um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So in terms of the people profiles, uh, the people that are checking out your profiles, you can see who they are. So they do right. get a little bit surprised when I send them a message and say, hey, thanks for checking out my profile. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> and they accept connection straight away. But so that's that. I suppose that's the, yeah, that's a benefit. But the reason why I asked you, you don't pay for yours. So you don't see that then. You don't, you can't see who's looked at your profile. I can't, I can't. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. But it hadn't really held me back. So no, no. And it shouldn't do either. Yeah. So then, yeah, I just wanted to talk about mindset. So all that is great, but I think it's still, you know, you still have maybe some issues about posting and how do we address that? And I did a poll on LinkedIn. I've done a few polls because I've created a course and I wanted to know what people thought. And funnily enough, a lot of these issues that people talked about were the same issues that I had. Mm. And, you know, will my content resonate? Is this the right strategy? Fear of failure and the imposter syndrome was probably the biggest. The first two, it's not an easy fix, but you can fix by doing a little bit of strategy and, you know, knowing who your audience is and what kind of message you want to put out there in in alignment with your business. But the other two are the harder ones and it's easier said than done. You know, you can't just say, oh, 
you know, get over it. That's that's not good enough because no, you know, I I even today, like to this day, I still before I post, I still have those little things. But it has got better, and it's because of um, a few things that I do. Um, we talked about this the other day, um, FOPO. So. Tell them what it is, because I didn't know what it was. And I know yeah. my mom for sure doesn't know what it is. Right. Is your mom here? She's here. Hello, Diane's mom. <laughs> Her name's Elaine. Hi, Elaine. Yeah, a lot of this emanates from FOPO. And it might not be for everyone, but it certainly was for me. And what it means is fear of other people's opinions. And and it's not just something, some cool acronym that I made up. It's actually it was coined by um, a performance psychologist named Michael Gervais. Uh, and I came across it only recently while I've been creating this course in the Harvard Business Review. And side note as well, you need to check out his YouTube channel because it's great in terms of psychology, confidence, imposter syndrome, and all that is, is really good. So yeah, um, basically what it, what it is, it's an irrational, unproductive obsession in the modern world. And it's negative. It's, it's Interesting how it says modern world as well. And it's in negative effects reach far beyond performance. And this can really hold us back. And for me, it, I think it definitely was this. The root of the problem was fearing other people's, what other people mm. might think. Again, with my vitiligo as well. You know, that's, that's what it came down to. And then he goes on to say as well is if you start paying less attention to what makes you, you, your talents, beliefs and values, and start conforming to what others may or may not think you'll harm your potential. And that goes back to that inclusion is a drug. You know, we need to just stop conforming to other people's because that really is holding us back. And I think, you know, maybe when I'm 80, 90, and if I carried on like that, I'd look back and I think, yeah, that made a lot of sense um, yeah. in hindsight. And Michelle says, she's like, I had never heard of FOPO and I hadn't either, Michelle. Um, and she said, I definitely suffer from that. But really, it really helps me when things have a name because then it normalizes it for me. It makes uh, it stops that isolation. And I totally agree. I think that's a, just a great point to kind of bring up, especially mental health. Sometimes it's just very isolating and we feel like we're alone. That's where that imposter syndrome comes in. Mm, yeah, Absolutely. And but I think what the really important part of this is, is that you start conforming to what others may or mm. may not think about you. And it's that that word may, that's that's the word that sticks out for me. That may insinu well suggest to me that it's stories because they and they're not facts. It's, it's, it's the probability. Mm. The probably that they, you know, they what, what people think. So and it's the, so this goes back to the stories that we tell ourselves. You know, you, we, we tell stories to other people. It's the stories that we tell ourselves that really probably one of the most important things. And like I said, it is easier said than done, but I've found what's helped me recently. And I know I do this, not daily, but like whenever these negative thoughts come in, I think I put uh, two columns down in my head. It doesn't have to be written down. Um, uh, and I'll think about, the negative. So let's use posting as an example. So I want to post something and I think, right, what are people going to think? They might think it's mediocre content. They might think I'm a little bit arrogant in terms of what I'm saying. It's unprofessional. That was one big thing. Like when you do something personal? Yeah. When you do something personal, mm -hmm. I've seen people actually, um, and it's not my gig at all, but I've seen people dance away on LinkedIn. Like, but 
for me, I like it doesn't bother me. You know, like you what do, do you your mean thing. dance away. I don't know like, that. Term. You know, like you know, you know TikTok. Yes. Um. You, you, oh, you, like really dancing. Videos. Yeah, there's this really cool extrovert lady, and her name's Diane as well. She's got loads of followers because everyone just loves her energy. Um, and she's a speaker as well, but she posts loads of videos of, of her just dancing around. And like I said, it's not my thing, but I, I just love that. You know, I just love that mm. she can truly be herself. Um, so, yeah, that side of things. And there'll be people on LinkedIn saying, no, that's that's unprofessional. That belongs on Facebook. That's, you know, these are the people that we need to like. They're not my audience. That's not who I'm mm. talking to. They don't align with my value. So I shouldn't care. Mm. And like I said, it is easier said than done. But the exercise, something like this, very simplistic exercise has helped me. So all the things on the left-hand side that you might think that they, you probably know where this is going. You might think they, uh, what, what people think of you. On the right-hand side, write the total opposite. So you can see the opposites there. Different people will love this. People will need to hear this. Now, then just take a minute and honestly ask the question, which one of these are actually true? Mm. Like, you know, do you know for certain that the left-hand side is true or the right-hand side is true? And the truth is, you know, that none of them are, no, well, both of them can be true, but you don't know what people are thinking. Like, you don't know whether it's the left or right side. But as human beings, I think, we, I know I have done in the past, we tend to lean towards the negative, right? Mm-hmm. Um you don't know. There, it's like if you never ask, then no is definitely the answer. It is right because you you know that you're not going to get whatever. But this is like the answer is no. The answer is it might be mediocre content, arrogant, unprofessional. People will hate this. What if I get ridiculed? Or just as much the same uh, percentage that it will be insightful, confident. For sure, if you never do it, neither one is true and neither one is a lie, right? But it's the action of action. And it takes a lot of courage to actually hit post, especially if it's the first time you're doing it. But I think hearing your story hopefully will help people maybe take that chance and and share yeah and the thing the way i look at it as well is if i think the um left side is true then the right side is just as true so Mm -hmm. doesn't it make sense for me to just lean towards the positive side then if you know if either of them can be true so and and i think it's just that if we just really think without our hearts and this is probably the only time i probably advise people not to think with their hearts um, is just think with that logical side, you know, of, of your mind and brain. It's like, if we carry on doing what's on the left-hand side or thinking on the left-hand side, it really is detrimental to our progress. And that's like, you know, going back to this slide here, Michael mm. Jaffe's, it's so true. And we carry on doing that. That's, you know, that that's the results that we're going to get. So I think it's, uh, like I said, it's easier said than done. Um, but it's one of those things where it's, you just got to do daily or especially when, when you have these negative thoughts come into your head. And I think Can- consistent things consistent habit building is is what creates real change 
And me so, and you yeah. talked about this earlier that my friend Jody had told me about Dr. Caroline Leaf, L-E-A-F. She has this book called Switch on Your Brain. Um, and I haven't read it yet, but she told me that it was about the lies that we tell ourselves. And I had told Ash about this earlier today and that they she's a neurologist. And so she was taking pictures of the brain when she was having someone repeat something like that. Oh, you're arrogant, right? They might, it might not really have been arrogant, but they were telling them themselves these lies. And then I don't know if it was six weeks or 30 days or however, there was some time that passed. And then she had them during this in between, she had them telling them uh, whatever was uh, more positive. So something that was a truth. And then what it looked like by the brain scan, it looked like a tree in the winter, when it was the lie uh, that you're arrogant, right? And then in time, it looked like a tree that was blooming with leaves. And I guess there's a picture in the book. I wish I had found it. But anyway, we should all read that. Uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf, switch on your brain. Because I think that that's what the power of what we're telling ourselves. The power of telling ourselves can be detrimental or it can be very much uh, helpful, but it doesn't mean that we're supposed to be being arrogant or cocky. It just, this was my experience. This was Ash's experience. I'm just going to share about this experience. Oh, sorry. Just, um, it was uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf. And what was the book called? Switch on your brain. If you're listening or you're watching on YouTube, it'll be in the show notes, or you can always go to rechargingyou.com slash three. 67 and then you'll it'll be there too so um yeah this exercise now i, I don't know whether michael jaffe's has a similar exercise but he does have um uh similar questions um and he talks about your personal philosophy um and really nurturing that personal philosophy and basically it comes down to what are what are your key values what are your What's your purpose? You know, what are the things that really matter to you? You know, I, I picked out kindness to others around me, including myself recently, being transparent, encouraging others, respect. They could be very broad themes. So if you work on those and just keep reminding yourself that these are your values, that's kind of developing your personal uh, philosophy. And that's all that really matters because and then you'll start attracting the, the same type of people. Mm, love that. I started obviously with the caveat um, and I wanted to end with the caveat and the caveat is this, like when you're posting on social media, there is that only one caveat, be you. That's all you need to be. Just be true to yourself. It just makes you feel better. Um, you're not faking anything. Um, and, you know, uh, hopefully I'm hoping it will help you uh, in your confidence. Yeah. Awesome. All right, I so, actually, one last slide. Yeah, tell me. Sorry, this quote from Brené Brown. Mm. And I love this because it summarizes my journey. Um, and I think I need to print this out and stick it on the wall, actually, because it's just, yeah, it's, 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 it's a beautiful quote, I think. Um, yeah, owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing that we will ever do. And when you come out on the other side, you'll realize how brave it is. I love that. Ash, we are almost out of time. So I want to make sure that we get a couple other things. I have some other questions for you. So one is studying script writing um, is a, a really big part of how you've been able to tell stories, but how, you know, what other things have you done to learn storytelling? Um, 
reading re- well i suppose reading a lot of books um continuously but also you know i think yeah there there are certain things that you can do to learn storytelling but you don't have to be a technical storyteller to be able to tell stories online what you do need to probably focus on is um what matters to people you know what makes them tick like how you and it's something it's, it's just as simple as how me and you have, are having a conversation except there'll be l- less ums and ers <laughs> like, like I usually am but yeah it's just yeah talking to people as if they're people you know like you don't have to have any jargon you don't yeah the, the techniques uh, and structures help um but it's more or less like if you think about the the beginning middle and the end, end there's more to it but um you know that that's usually enough so what about when people say but I don't have a story yeah, like I touched on it when I was going on through the slides. Like, I, I think, like, just like when someone says, I'm not creative, I think everyone mm. is creative. Everyone does have a story. Um, I think it's not about you thinking I don't have a story. It's probably you thinking that my story isn't that important and no one's going to be interested. Mm-hmm. Um, so even think about the most boring story, like you going to the shop and speaking to the shopkeeper. I'm sure there's a story there, you know, anything at all. Um, there, there's always a story. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what you said, like it's, it's what matter, what do you value? What is the, what do people value? It's connecting with that and, and, showing an example from your life of how you've lived that out, how you've acted on that, that yeah. value. I think, I think that's an important point as well. And I think there's one, I, I don't like too many rules, but I think one thing um, when you do post on social media, yeah, be yourself, but also add value to the people you're talking to, you know, whether it's teaching them something um, sharing something that will help them in some way. Um, I think that's really important. So you also said um, being you, encouraging others to be themselves, and then being kind are three of your most important values. So you've kind of um, sussed it down to those three silos. Yeah, so I think. Why are I those think... important to your, to you? I mean, I understand how they're important to you as a person, but then I also I think I can get how they're important to a business. But I think some people might have a hard time connecting that to business. Why are those important to your business? Uh, I think it's important for your business because your business doesn't have a face. It doesn't have a um, um, a persona. Um, and that's why you're you're probably aware of um, uh, brand probably archetypes. <laughs> but keep going. Okay, yeah. yeah so, I... so brand archetypes, they, they help they help businesses with that human persona. Um, and and the great thing about you being online is that um you don't have to worry about those archetypes because you that you're, you 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 already have that human persona. So um, you are the face of your business. People want mm. to deal with people. People want to buy from people. You hear this a lot, but it's so true. Um, and that's why you know I think I've got um, additional business from LinkedIn because I'm me. I don't. I rarely talk about the company, and I rarely do the salesy post. I'll do a few here and there. Um, but, um, yeah, it's all, it's, I think it's all about people being aligned to my values and what I stand for and the stories that I say, they, you know, they, they like what they hear because that's part of them as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. I also love hearing this, 
stories of struggle because it makes it so if somebody else is struggling, it makes it not just like what Michelle said, like when you can put a name to it, it makes it normalized. Well, what it also it it instead of being so isolated because somebody else talked about it and you struggle with that, but you were too not you, but anybody, um, I was struggling with something. And because Mario posted something about him, how he struggled or you, how you struggled, then it makes me feel like, oh, I'm not alone. And that's how another entrepreneur will feel as well. If it's a big business, if it's a small business, because now you're, you're, you're telling us, but you're also showing us on the other side. You, you may not post right when it's still bleeding and it's a wound. Our, our, I don't know if you know Van Cooley, but she always says, you know, we teach yeah. from our, our uh, scars, not our wounds, because sometimes you, you, you haven't kind of um, addressed all those things, but you, this didn't happen, you know, two years ago when the vitiligo was just on setting because, it, but you had to get to a point where this was not going to be a, uh, a barrier for you connecting to people anymore. And you had to make that decision. And I think that, but again, you, you talked, you, you wrote about the struggle that made it feel like it was yesterday, but you also are coming at it from the other side. So there's wisdom. And I think that that's a really important thing, but I think we need to. It's a really important point that because you go back to my original post, those 80,000 people, um, that viewed my post and those messages that I got, you know, they weren't everyone that had vitiligo, but they it resonated with them right. because of those themes. And just before, very quickly, on that point, this is a really good book. I don't know whether you can see it. It's Paul Zak, The Moral Molecule. And part of storytelling is that, you know, we're, when I would not say we're hardwired for story, it's the those um, chemicals that are released in mm. our brain, like oxytocin, empathy, um, uh, chemical hormone, dopamine, cortisol, all of these things, you know, even when we tell you words, list stories, receive stories, it activates these things. And that's why we resonate with um, stories from each other. You hold up that book again and let me, so the mole, mole, mole the moral. moral, moral, yeah. Moral molecule by Paul J. Zach. Yeah. Awesome. He actually did a lab experiment um, and he basically, he, um, the experiment was he induced empathy in people, um, the subjects, and after they induced empathy, they were more willing to give to charity. Um, yeah, so it's like it actually, that has action. And that's kind of a dangerous and a good thing as well, because I talk about this it's with storytelling is, you know, you can use that same toolkit with regards to knowing about this to either manipulate minds or mm. win hearts. Mm. And it's that same toolkit. And I'm, you know, obviously um, there's that ethical consideration. If you know what you're doing, make sure it's about winning hearts and not manipulating minds. Mm, I love that. All right. So you launched a course recently. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? And can you, um, how can we learn more about it? Yeah. So um, um, in fact, this, the part of this um, presentation was actually from the course. I've repurposed it. Um, it's in beta at the moment. And um, the idea was to get 10 beta students and I managed to get 10 and I've got some awesome students who are really brilliant and I've had some great feedback. Um, the course is about storytelling specifically on LinkedIn, how to generate content, create content ideas, a little bit of the mindset like we've just discussed today. And um, also then how to 
optimize your distribution um, and then a little bit about how to actually sell on LinkedIn. I hate that word, but you know, you've got to make money as well, but it's a very small part of it. Um, and the etiquette of LinkedIn, what works and what doesn't with people. Um, uh, and I've, you know, full transparency, I've been coached by three LinkedIn um, coaches as well. So I'm taking all that knowledge and absorbing it and created a course out of it. And so it's called Story Converter and you guys can check it out. It, it'll be, there'll be a link below, uh, a link on uh, the page on Recharging You, but it is uh, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Story Converter with a capital S and a capital C. So bit.ly slash story converter capital s capital c okay well, on top of that as well um if anyone wants to um this is not just about selling the course anyone wants to connect with me on linkedin please put my linkedin connection and you've got any questions um and help you need then you know hit me up on linkedin um easily dm me i always accept uh, connection requests awesome me too the um the and that is also his uh, LinkedIn is also underneath here as well, um and it's A S H R A T H O D um if you didn't know um, that's his name so that's all right so um last question um how do you recharge and what inspires you? Oh, how do I recharge and what inspires me? Um, uh, I. I like just switching off. Um, I I do work a lot, but I'm getting better at it. Um, and when I do switch off, it'll be the usual, you know, watching watching uh, Netflix, listening to music, um, going for a walk with the family, and we've got a dog, so we, we like our walks. Um, yeah, um, that's it, really. Um, what inspires me, um, just talking to people and connecting with people and speaking to people and learning off people. Do you think you're uh, an introvert or an extrovert? Introvert. Definitely. Really? Cause I, so yeah. you're not in, recharged by talking to people. Cause you just said, well, maybe no, I, 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 when I say talk to people, I'd rather talk, it's weird. This is, I'd rather have conversations online than have conversations with people. But I'm like I said, I'm getting better. I think maybe, have you heard of the term ambivert? Yeah, the person yes. who rides the line between Yeah, so I think maybe that, but lean towards the introvert. I say introvert because I was a painfully shy kid growing up. But you know what? So so I did some research on this, and I know you guys are probably going to go, but whatever. An extrovert is somebody who is, when you're with other people, um, it could be online or it could be um in person that you are energized, like you walk away with more energy. An introvert mm. is somebody who, when they're with a lot of other people, whether it's online or whether they're, uh, they're, they're drained. So, um, but see, when you're like, Oh, I'm inspired. I like conversations. And I always, when I'm get off the converse, a call with you, I'm, I feel like both of us are energized, but maybe it's just me. Um, think of that, but like, you seem like that's ex that's an extrovert, you know? Um, it could just be. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I am. I, I am energized. I think it's the hardest part is starting that conversation with people mm. and being around people. You know, I'd, I'd sit in a room or a cocktail party and I'd be on my own until someone comes to speak to me um, until unless I know these people. So uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> Well, I'll always come talk to you, Ash, um, and I'll just drag you around and uh, 
send you get you with some new friends because I know a lot of people are like that and I I I definitely don't have a problem with that but um Ash thank you so much I just want to make sure you guys go to LinkedIn and uh check out Ash's uh connect with him there so A S H R A T H O D and then you can check out Story Converter at bit.ly bit.ly slash story converter with a capital S and a capital C. And also C. when you when you connect with me as well just let me know that you've come from uh Diane's show as well. Awesome. And Mario said you're a champion, Ash. So Yes, Mario. We love Mario. I know. We sure do. Well, um, I am excited that um, next week I have another, uh, another, the last week of mental health. And we have Eric Coram on, and he's going to talk to us about um, more things that uh, he used to work in the NFL. And so National Football League, uh, not the football that Ash is normally with but american football and he worked in college and but it was about training um uh athletes to be the absolute best pro and so but now he's has a new focus and he's focusing on helping um ceos and entrepreneurs and um these people who are uh the elite right but they're not athletes there but just like we are, we're trying to be stronger and make our bodies and our brains, everything work better. So he's going to talk to us about that. So it's going to be, and he's a PhD. So he's a doctor um, and it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be really cool. And I'm excited to have a different kind of spin, always like learning new things. And Ash, I just can't thank you enough. Thank you for just sharing your story. Thank you for being so courageous because people need to see your courage because you obviously 81,000 people later with so many DMs and so many comments, you, you, they changed your life, but you were bold. And because you were bold, it helps other people to feel like they're, they can be bold too. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Diane.